Hi, welcome to another episode of the Truths We Hide podcast. Today's a very special episode, which is a part two with Erica Hope Bradley, military spouse of 11 years, advocate, volunteer, and nonprofit founder of Dependent Strong. Listen to her story of strength, survival, and just a heart to want to help others. Enjoy it. Hi, everyone. Today, we are bringing back Erica Hope Bradley. If you haven't heard her past podcast episode with us, you need to go back and listen to it. But today, we are sharing a very deep and personal story. And I'm so grateful that she's here to share this because once you hear it, it's just going to move you to tears. And I hope that this message is spread to all of you who are suffering, who don't think that you can make it, listen to this story because she has a powerful message to share. So hi, Hope, how are you? Hey, I am doing so great. I'm so just blessed to be here and I appreciate your time so much. Absolutely. So tell us, you have a very powerful story and the listeners need to really sit back and listen to this. Well, I just, my heart has been very heavy for our community um, this week after the breaking news story of the young Colorado mom who took her life and that of her children. Um, I just, my heart um, hurt and broke to hear that because it just shouldn't be happening in our community. There's, there's so many resources and there's so much, um, that we should really be taking advantage of those resources, but also as other spouses, um, looking out for each other and really coming alongside some of these younger spouses and creating a community for them. Not just a Facebook page, not just another website they can go to, but really like, how are you doing today? Knocking on their door when you haven't seen them for a couple of days, you know, asking the hard questions and having the hard conversations with each other. Um, My story is just basically I suffered from, well, I say suffered, but I, I still suffer. I suffer from PTSD. And this is the first time that I can fully admit that with myself because in this community, you kind of are told like, that's kind of something that's reserved for combat. Um, I'm also the oldest daughter of a first responder who was burned over 60% of his body were third degree burns when he was 22 years old. And he went back to the fire station and went back to public service after that. And so growing up and then also in this community, as a spouse, you feel that you're not entitled to this. I'm not entitled to PTSD because I haven't been in combat. I haven't had to see and endure the horrible things that some of our service members have had to do. Um, But I was a a victim of domestic violence and it was an incident that almost claimed my life. I woke up on life support and it never occurred to me in my early days as I was trying to heal that I had PTSD and I, and I needed help. And, um, 
you know, from the outside looking in, nobody would have ever known that. I had a job. I was a medical assistant at the time in Jacksonville, Florida, and worked in the medical field. I was on the board for the FRG. I was PTA president. I was classroom mom. I was basketball mom. Um, for the base teams, you know, everybody would have looked at me and, and thought, oh, she's got this together. Like, she's killing this. Um, and I suffered in silence a lot, except for a few close friends who really knew, not necessarily my story, but just knew me and um, loved me enough to invest and like come and check on me and ask me how things really were you know when we can all paint that face on and that smile on and when we're asked how we're doing our natural response is to say fine because we want people to believe that and in this age of digital media and social media where everybody only displays the good and their highlight reel it is really hard sometimes to admit, like, I'm, I'm not fine. I'm not okay. And um, looking back, the, the incident probably that stands out the most for me was when our electricity went out at 2 o'clock in the morning. And we were in base housing. I had two young children at the time. And we were in Florida, only five hours away from my ex-husband. I had no idea where he was because I hadn't had any contact with him but that was his last known residence was Georgia. And so that was a five hour drive. And it was 2 a.m. in the morning one night and I was laying in the bed and heard our electricity go off. And I got up out of my bed in a panic, um, grabbed a butcher knife and a flashlight and my phone. And I sat in the hallway in between my children's bedroom, rocking and crying until the sun came up. And now that I'm on the other side, I can say that wasn't normal behavior. And I probably needed some help. And it, that deployment also, the, my husband was deployed at the time. And by the end of that deployment, I had a, a very real um, addiction and problem with sleeping aids, whether it was Excedrin PM, it, it was over the counter. But literally the only way that I could sleep was with the aid of chemicals. and that is, you know, again, classic signs of PTSD and, and issues and problems. And so I just want to encourage other spouses that we can't get help when we can't even admit to ourselves that something's wrong. So you are entitled to mental health challenges, whether that is postpartum depression and you just kind of know that something's not right and this is not the way you felt and I, this is more than just I'm a tired new mom I need you know I need help or it's PTSD um, whether it's binge drinking um, binge eating all of the things that we're using to cope that are not necessarily healthy for us and not good for us, what is that covering up? And so that's, I just would really encourage our spouses to do kind of a, a heart search and a, and a soul search and say, hey, it, it, is the way I'm reacting 
normal? Is this, is this normal or is there something going on with me? Because I am entitled also to be, need to heal from trauma, need to heal from things. You know, there, um, one in five women will be raped at some point in their life. One in four women will be a domestic violence victim. And so beyond that, um, those of you that do have it together and everything's great right now, and you're in a season where you're winning and, and life is good, let's extend some grace to the mom in the car line that yells at her kids and is a hot mess. Let's extend some grace to the girl on the Facebook page that asks a question that we've had asked 50 times before, but she legitimately doesn't know. Let's be the change within our community. Let's be real with each other. Let's stop hiding our truths and be honest with each other because that's the only way that this healing happens. That's the only way that we prevent things like what happened last week. Right. I think it's also important if you are Facebook friends with a person that's struggling, they have entrusted you to view their real life. And for if you go and share that with people that she hasn't trusted, you know, is that you got to think, is, is that really the right thing to do? Are you helping her by doing that? Why don't you just go back and send her a message and say, hey, I saw your post. Are you okay? Is there something I can do? You want me to bring something over? You want me to watch your kids? You know, you got you to gotta think about that kind of thing because social media is so ugly sometimes. We bring people into our lives on Facebook or Instagram and regardless of what we post, we were probably asking for help or we just needed some word of vent. So don't take that privacy away and go share it in other forums that you know are probably not the right thing because there's so many different pages out there that we go to to get advice, to vent, to you know, find new friends, just, just all these things. So we need to learn not to take advantage of that. Right. Absolutely. And be, and be somebody's safe, safe place in real life. You know, I, I had, thankfully, thank goodness. I had, um, just a couple of really fierce, great people around me. And even from the other side of the country, if I posted something kind of wonky on Facebook, just about having a hard day or about, you know, just complaining, which we all do sometimes. Um, there would be certain people that would pick up the phone and call me and say, Hey, I saw your Facebook post, you know, what's going on? You okay? You good? And just that opportunity to kind of vent to a friend and know that I had somebody there, like somebody cared, somebody saw me. Absolutely. It's probably what saved me so early on because yeah. I can never imagine what, what the young mother was going through. Um, but mental illness and mental health is a real thing and it causes you to behave and react just completely opposite of who you are at your core and just in ways that are not 
explainable. They're not logical to anybody that has not dealt with it before. Right. No, you're absolutely correct. And I think like we were speaking of before, it, it's so important to also say that, you know, it, it, this doesn't just happen to veterans. So for everybody listening who feels like, you know, that you have to be in combat, you have to be a soldier, you have to be that one that went to war or deployed, that's not true. We're all, everyone suffers. We all suffer in a different way. So we really need to be cognizant of how we treat people. And like I, I teach my kids, never judge a book by its cover. You don't know what that person is going through. Right. Everybody's heart is different. That's yes. what I say all the time. Everybody's heart is different. And that is okay. And my heart was being beaten and told that I was going to die. And that is a, a legitimate thing when you wake up on life support. And that is something that I really have had to heal from and, and, and overcome and not just mask with busyness and symptoms because <laughs> right. that's kind of what we tend to do is just, you know, we mask it with busyness and with sleeping pills and with alcohol and with food and with whatever, whatever you're, you know, coping looks like, but there's a better way and you can be taught a better way and, and your brain can relearn a better way. Right. But you have to admit it first. <laughs> that's, and that's one of the hardest things to do. How did you, how did you recover from that? What, what did you do after you came off of life support? Thank God. How, what did you do the next day or, or, or a week later or whatever? How did you get up again and, and start over? Well, thank goodness. I have amazing family. Um, and my parents were right beside, you know, beside me through the whole recovery process. I actually spent um, about seven to eight days in the hospital um, after waking up because there still were CAT scans and tests and all of the things to be done to see if there was going to be any long-term um, trauma because I did have brain swelling. Um, and so I was there for for quite some time, but upon my release, um, you know, I just, I was in a fog. People say, say that about when you're grieving or a death and just about different life, life events, but it truly was a fog. And my mom and dad were there to help care for my kids and help me. Um, and some of my most healing moments took place outside in the garden, um, picking weeds, just doing something to distract my mind from reliving and focusing on that. And I actually read this amazing article the other day about um, dirt and that there are actual antimicrobials in the dirt that mimic antidepressants in our body. Hmm. And so now picking weeds for hours makes complete sense. It didn't make complete, it didn't make sense to me, to me then. And even my parents were kind of like, okay, well, 
you can't just sit in the in the grass and pick weeds. We only have so many weeds. Let's <laughs> let's go get you some therapy. Let's go get you. But but you know they let me sit in it for a minute. They really did, and and I'm grateful for that. I'm appreciative that they had enough grace um, to let me feel and let me sit in it for a minute. Um, and therapy definitely definitely helped me but but community community just relationship with people with surrounding myself with people that were positive and that had some grace and could just help me feel seen and so let's help each other feel seen right that's so important in this, this world, in this day and age with so much hatred going on. There's still some of us out there that have good in our hearts. Let's, let's spread that. Let's help other people know that they're worthy and that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to talk about it. It's, it's okay to find your tribe. And I, gosh, I'm just, I'm, I'm really, I'm speechless and, I, and I'm so just, I'm just so glad you're still here. I, I just, I, I can't, and for you to share this message in order to help other people is, is, is a blessing. God is, is definitely working through you and, and I'm just so glad to know you. Oh, thank you. That does my heart good. Same girl thing. <laughs> I promise it's, I love meeting just like-minded, like-hearted, positive people, especially women though. Just, we need it so much. It's, it's so hard to be a woman now, sure you know, sure is. everybody, everybody tells you, you know, you see the, the Pinterest stuff on Instagram and Facebook and that is the type of mom you're supposed to be and if you're not cutting your kids you know sandwiches into a dinosaur then you're failing and if you don't look like Jennifer Lopez who totally killed it at the Super Bowl yesterday yes, and was at 50 years old then you are failing in life and if you don't you know I mean we are bombarded with so many messages of we're not enough and we're not, if you're not happy, like everybody else is happy, then you're not doing something right. There's something wrong with you. And, and that's just, we're bombarded with that stuff every day. And there's just such immense pressure to always be perfect. And I get it. Like I lived it. A girl, my sundresses would not have a wrinkle in them. And I did not leave the house without, I, first of all, I'm from the South, which that's a whole another burden. <laughs> of trying to be a Southern woman. And then you add in this military wife life where you're also told that you're just supposed to be this picture of grace and perfectness. Yes. And I, and I get it. I was so there. Like my kids were not allowed to wear dirty shoes. Like, no, we, we cannot have any reason for anybody to look at us any kind of way. <laughs> like everything's got to be wrinkled. We got to be on top. You know, my house has got to be spotless at every. And so I was just keeping up this facade of perfection and it is just exhausting. It's exhausting. And so, yes, you should always be trying to put your best foot forward and you should take care of yourself but you should do it because it makes you feel good. 
and it helps you cope. It's, it's not about like, I go to the gym now, but it's not about how I want to look for anybody else. Not even my husband. It's because it's for me. It helps me. It helps me cope and it helps me celebrate what my body can do. It helps me celebrate that I'm almost 40 years old with three kids and, you know, I can deadlift however many pounds or do whatever. It, it celebrates me. So find something that, you know, is your outlet and helps you celebrate it. Celebrate yourself and just stop trying to live up to this impossible, unattainable goal of perfect because it's not going to happen. Perfect doesn't happen. That's not real life. <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> and what are we teaching our kids if we're, you know, walking around always being perfect? I, I want to say I gave up with telling my son not to walk out with wrinkled jeans. Okay, you know what? It happens. It happens. I'm not going to iron his jeans. He's not going to iron his jeans. He's just going to wear his jeans. He took a shower. He's fed. I'm taking him to school. He had lunch. I mean, you know what? <laughs> just, it's real life. Right. And He's loved. He's loved. Yes. It's not going to matter. He's not going to remember when he goes off to college that his mom ironed his jeans for him. No. That's not what they were. That's not what they remember. No. <laughs> And no. they don't remember the dino sandwich. Well, they might remember that. That's they might, cool. but, I mean, but that's I'm just, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> just because you're not doing it doesn't make you not a good mom. <laughs> no, it, you're right. All that matters is that you're present and that you provide and you love and you teach them. We cannot right. always be that TV mom. It's just not real. And, and it's okay. I don't even care. My kid's loved and he knows it and he shows it and that's what matters. It just, it's okay. Exactly. <laughs> and thank you for coming to our TED talk. <laughs> Seriously, we are available for that. <laughs> no, but it's, yeah, no, it's true. And yeah, no, thank you for being real. We need we need to re we need to remind everybody listening that it it's okay to be real and just be honest with yourself. There's no need to impress anybody. This is for you. Yep. Absolutely. You get one life, you live the best version of yourself and everything else will take care of itself. <laughs> it's true. What's meant to happen will. Um, I try to believe that God has a plan and Regardless of what it is, if I don't like it, I know that there's a reason for it. And it was hard, hard, hard to admit that. Hard. <laughs> but I'm just, I have to learn to have faith. So, but thank you so much for being on here. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. No, you're so welcome. And again, if you want to find out more about hope bradley go to her facebook page depend strong and depend strong.com yes nope.org oh, dot org. Dot org. i knew it, I knew it. <laughs> depend org. thank you so much and i will talk to you soon